Hey everybody, this is Nubia. And I'm Francis. We are your dynamic duo of Chronicles Abroad. As always, our goal is to inspire you to travel with passion and purpose. Now let's get on with the show. Hello beautiful people, welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Everybody, what's going on? This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. Welcome back to Chronicles Abroad. We have a dope interview today. We have Natasha. Natasha exemplifies the three pillars of Chronicles Abroad. Educate, empower, explore. Natasha is on a mission to encourage others to take risks, make connections, explore their heritage, and travel the world. Even though she wanted her journey around the world to last forever, Natasha landed back in the States this past April with an empty bank account and no regrets. Her motto is, risks aren't so risky when you start taking them. Natasha, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. No doubt, no doubt. So we met back in Thailand, um, like almost what, over a year ago? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it was uh, Chiang Mai. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I was living in Chiang Mai. How was your trip to Thailand when you were there? Oh, gosh, I love Thailand. So I've been to Thailand many times. And each time I always have an amazing experience. Chiang Mai is still one of my favorite cities. It's so easy to adapt to, very laid back way of life. And there's so many of us there. You know, there's so many African-Americans who have relocated there. It's easy to build connections. And while still experiencing a different culture, I will always have a great time in Thailand. So take us back a bit to 2015. What was going on in your life at that time that you were just like, I need to travel. I need to do this exploring (laughs) thing. Um, Let's get a little intimate about like what was going on in your life at the time. Sure, sure. So I had, uh, well, have two best friends and uh, they had always traveled. I had never been out of the country And they invited me to their trip to Spain, London, and France. And I was just blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're going to fly out there. We're we're, going to go. They're like, yeah, come with me. I was was like, okay. You know, and I was very green to to traveling. I didn't even know how to get my own passport. (laughs) So they walked me through the steps and like, oh, just go to the post office, get your passport. Let's buy our tickets. Let's just go. So I did. Oh gosh. I remember uh, landing in Spain, in Madrid, you know, we took the, the train from the airport. And then I remember just, you know, we got off at our stop, you know, we're trying to, you know, find our place and, and put our bags down. And we left the train station, walked up the steps, and there was Madrid. And I just couldn't believe it. I was, you know, walking on cobblestone streets. And I was just, I, I felt, uh, I was just in a whole nother world, you know? 
And I think it was then that that's when I caught the travel bug, you know? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, right? When you land into another country and you're just like, wow. Like the only time you've seen the, seen the country was on in, on the internet or in a book or something like that. And you're just like, I'm actually here. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I felt like a brand new person. You know, there's something very interesting that happens when you're you land in a country and you don't know the language, um, you don't know where you're going, um, you don't know even where you're at. You know, <laughs> um, and you're just kind of in this beautiful lost uh, state. You know, that just kind of, I guess, brings, in my opinion, your true personality out. You know, you you have the even more freedom to be who you really are. And so, yeah, <laughs> I I felt uh, like a brand new person. So I want to talk about that a little bit. You said you, you had the freedom to be who you really are. Were you not able to do that in the States? How does that compare? Yeah, um, I think as an African-American woman, you know, uh, we experience a lot of uh, oppressive just a lot of impression, I guess you can say. There are a lot of positive and negative like expectations and it's just, it really is harder, you know? And, and you tend to also be, you have like a, a routine, you know? Um, you hang around the same people, you go to the same places. Um, it, it's kind of hard to, to break out of that mold, that box that kind of everyone in society puts you in. And so I feel like when you when you go to a different country, you're able to do so much, you know, easily. You're better able to do so, you know? Yeah, it's a big difference. I mean, once you've had that first initial, like you said, that travel bug hit and you're like, yeah, I want to do more of this. You learn about how the other cultures navigate. And then you're looking at America and you're like, I thought it was one way, but it's really another, right? Absolutely. And you start really understanding the truth about the countries. Like I always say that about Mexico, right? Like when I was coming to Mexico, people were like, Mexico, what do you mean? And the America paints this picture, but it's an entire country, you know, and you can't necessarily put it into a box. Just like you can't put people into a box, right? You yes. got to explore and all of those things. So like once you got that travel bug, did you start traveling alone or were you still traveling with friends? Like how did that start? Because you've been to what, 19 countries so far? Uh, so 23 in all uh, okay. the 19 countries. I, I just uh, recently visited 19 countries. That trip started in February of last year. And that was all solo. Prior to that, I had visited Italy solo, but prior to that, everything, all the countries I visited in Europe were uh, with friends and family. So, but this most recent trip, well, all 19 countries were solo. So tell us a little bit about that. How was that experience? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ah, I miss it. Let's <laughs> just say that. Um, it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. So in February of 2018, I think I had what can be called a quarter life crisis. Uh, <laughs> I was laid off from my job unexpectedly. I was, I was part of a mass layoff of uh, like 63 employees were laid off. We all went to work one day and by the end of the day, we didn't have a job. And I had always had this dream of taking a very long extended trip. And um, I figured that was the time. And so I booked a one-way ticket to Ghana. I moved all my 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 things into storage, and I just I just took off. And 
And you can imagine some of the concern, I wouldn't say necessarily backlash, but some of the concern that my friends and family had at that time, you know, when I told them like, hey, so I'm going to go to Ghana. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not sure when I'll be back, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go. You know, they were very concerned at first, but then quickly became pretty excited once they learned that I was okay. So I land in Ghana. I had never been to any African country before. And I walk out of the airport. I'm just blown away. Like first that African heat hit me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I left, I was living in Ohio. So, you know, February in Ohio is like freezing. So I landed in, in Ghana and that heat just about knocked me out. And then I'm sure you were like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the motherland. Like yes. that's, the, that's the reaction you get when you get your feet in Africa. Literally you come out the airport, like I made it. I was so excited. I I was wanting to kiss the ground. I mean, it was incredible. All I saw were black faces and black skin and people, you know, walking around with my features, with, you know, my lips and my hair. And it was just, it was not anything I had ever seen before in a long time, you know? So it was, it was, I I was at a loss for words, you know? And I was so excited though. I was, (laughs) I couldn't wait to explore. I bet. Yeah. I want to bring it back to getting laid off. That's a lot of our stories, right? Like when I've spoken to a lot of expats, it's always a major shift when something happens. Usually a layoff, you know, death or something, you know, that tragic or something happens. So the funny thing about it, when you look at it from a logical standpoint, most people would say, well, if you don't have a job, how or why (laughs) would you buy a one-way ticket somewhere? But in actuality, it's almost like the universe opening a door and saying, this is your opportunity. Absolutely. Oftentimes we're, we're tethered down by the things that we think we, we have to maintain, you know, a job <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. And financially, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, it makes sense. Um, however, you know, we use those things as, as excuses for, for why we don't do the things that we've always wanted to do. And so that, that was my main excuse as well. I have this job. It's a good job. And I, you know, I have to be responsible and, and so forth and so on. You know, once that uh, was gone, it just freed up my freed up my hands to, to let God bless me in other ways. And so I took the opportunity, best decision, <laughs> best decision I've ever made, honestly. How did you decide on Ghana as being the first African country that you wanted to visit? You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Sure. So uh, my best friends for my 30th birthday gave me a uh, Ancestry.com DNA kit. And so I went ahead and sent them my sample and my results showed that I am predominantly West African. So my ancestors come from Ghana, Togo, Benin, Congo, and Cameroon. You know, I was like, okay, I, I could have went to any of those countries, but Ghana was just kind of the first thing that came to mind. So I was like, okay, well, let's, let's just go to Ghana and see what happens. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned the DNA test because I've been really considering it. Would you recommend that? Would you recommend that people do the ancestry.com thing and take the DNA test? Because I hear a lot of people say that 
you get these updated results like a year or months later as they're getting new samples in and sometimes what you thought was there is no longer there. I mean, can you give us a little background about that whole situation? I would recommend Ancestry.com. You know, it's it's just one of many tools, though. I think there are a few other DNA analyzing companies. I think there's one specifically for like African tribes. I can tell you which tribe. I can't remember the company's name, unfortunately, but yeah, you know, it's it's a great tool. I feel I haven't really heard too many negative, you know, comments about about Ancestry.com in particular. So that that was kind of news to me. I, maybe I should check up on my. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta take it up with a grain of salt, right? You gotta, yeah, you know. That's that's my thing. I was gonna say it's not necessarily a negative. It was just basically like, do you want to go down that rabbit hole? Like, did you show up in Ghana? Like, where my cousins at? Yo, auntie. Like, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean, like. Having those results made the experience even more special to me because especially when I went to places like Cape Coast, uh, where they have Cape Coast Castle, where you can uh, really explore the devastating history of of enslaving or Africans being enslaved and put into these terrible dungeons, knowing that, you know, this was my history made the experience very very valuable for me. Um, I felt like I had returned home. It gave me that sense of home. But in my opinion, all of Africa is home. So I experienced that in each African country I actually I got to visit. But yeah, you know, it's it's one way to to kind of give you a little bit of identity and direct you in, in exploring your heritage, you know. So yeah, I recommend it. So what did you, um, I guess, discover about yourself? Because not only, you know, you're able to tie things to ancestry com and you got to learn a little bit about your DNA heritage but you've done some pretty adventurous stuff during your travels about like zip lining surfing in Indonesia <laughs> what did you learn about yourself did you were you that adventurous beforehand oh wow <laughs> no <laughs> no I wasn't I wasn't you know I, I learned that I I learned so much about myself it's like wow where do where to begin I learned that I had I learned that I was courageous. I got to climb mountains, like you said, zip line. I, I did things that I never thought I would ever be able to do. I didn't know that I could actually put my body through something like climbing an active volcano, you know? And so I, I learned one of the biggest, I think, important lessons I, I took away from all of that is that I am courageous. Oh gosh, I learned so many other lessons too, <laughs> especially in Africa. I think a big lesson for me was kind of discovering how much negative programming was was put into my head that I had to untether myself from. I had false beliefs about myself, about even my own people, about third world countries, quote unquote, um, and poverty and um, safety, you know, which, you know, there are a lot of people. I think when I first started, I was kind of really skittish, you know, especially in, in Ghana, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't know how to really connect with people. And I realized I had a lot of mental blocks keeping me from doing so. Removing all that negative programming, you know, out the way, I was really able to expand, to grow, to connect, and which kind of promoted healing for me. I mean, there's so many lessons. <laughs> you know, How were you able to do that? Because I think a lot of the things that some of our audience, they have so much fear surrounding a lot of this stuff and just fear of growth in general, but just like traveling and and doing that. How were you able to deprogram yourself and allow yourself for that process to take place? Because it can be quite scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, to piggyback you know. on what Prince 
head, let's start with what were the programs that were put inside your head? Like what were some of those things? And then how did you, you know, get through them? You know what I mean? Because it was kind of like, you said so many different things, especially safety. And I would say that's the number one concern for a lot of new travelers. So can you just expound a little bit about what was programmed into you about being a black woman traveling abroad, right? Not just to Africa, but probably just traveling anywhere else in Africa and how you are able to break through, you know, do your own thing. Sure. So I think one of the the negative uh, because these countries are impoverished, there are people who are desperate and, and in their desperation would attack me or, or do something uh, to me. And that's just simply not true. You know, everywhere I went, I met so much. I met so many people who were kind, who, you know, didn't have a whole lot and but would share everything that they had with me, would make sure that I was protected and in, in doing anything. Like I remember in Ghana, I, I was eating at this restaurant at, at a a chop house. And I was just waiting, you know, I finished my meal and I, I went out to the sidewalk and I was waiting on my Uber. And this lady walks up to me and she's like, Hey, you know, can I stand with you? You know, there are these guys across the street and they're looking at you and I don't, I don't like how they're looking at you. So can I stand and wait here with you? And I was just so surprised. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, Thank you. You know, um, moments like that happen all the time. But again, there was a lot of negative programming that because people supposedly have less, you know, they're, they might be out to get you. It couldn't have been further from the truth. And it was nice to kind of deprogram that out of my mentality. I was just going to say that I love that you opened up yourself to the process. Because I think one of the things that I learned just living abroad is you do become courageous. Like there's a new sense of self. And when you return, you return in a different capacity. And you, you just feel like you can really just go through life without anything that's holding you down, which is very different than before, right? We always had to make these excuses. We're like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. But then you go abroad, you do all these things. You, you navigate so many different countries and you come back and you just like, you just feel like a badass. I mean, really, honestly, you do. Not in an arrogant kind of way, but you're just like, I got this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you feel, you feel like anything that that comes your way you know you can you can handle it like oh i've traveled all these countries so this this is easy you know (laughs) which is which is true but you know the thing about it is it's so freeing and liberating right to see how strong you really are and resilient you are as a female solo traveler especially as an african-american female solo traveler especially when you go to these homogenous countries and you're one of the only (laughs) people of color in the whole place and you still navigate, you still, you know, order food, you still, you know, find your, wherever you're staying, you still do all that you navigate. Right. Absolutely. And it's crazy. I've, <laughs> I will say this, Francis and I went to India. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Anybody who follows us knows that we went to India and had a whole different experience. And I think that we went we went big headed, right? Because we went thinking we didn't travel to so many countries. So we got this. We're just going to wing it. Well, some countries are not meant to be winged. Okay. Let's just put it like, <laughs> like we got that. Our asses handed and, to us. Okay? Um, we got our asses handed to us. Yeah. We got our asses handed to us, but I, I think it was a learning process and a learning experience. And I'm glad that we had each other to go through it. Cause I don't know how I would have dealt by myself. 
that was one place that I probably was like, I probably would never want to go by myself. But I have many of friends who go by themselves and enjoy it. So with that said, what has been your favorite country thus far? And what did you get from it? Sure, sure. Absolutely. You know, before I even answer that question, I was one of the people who who visited India by myself. And India is not for the faint of heart. It really is. It. It's a whole it's a whole nother beast, you know, <laughs> but it's very beautiful. Right. You know, as we both know, as we all know, it's it's extremely beautiful. So, I mean, it's, it's worth it. But yeah, <laughs> you need thick skin. That's you all. do. You do. <laughs> you know, and a lot of patience. A lot of patience. You know, because things in India operate so differently, and nothing's on time. So yeah. you can't compare it to anything else. You, you just can't. You can't. It's its this whole other thing. But you know, but if you if you can endure it, you know, the rewards are I got to visit the north and uh I got to explore the north and central India and wow, you know, I, I, I got to check out Dharmshala with the in and Manali and got to see these the Himalayas and I practice yoga with some of the true yogis, the true gurus. Oh gosh. And then the architecture. Right. You know, when you see the Taj Mahal and it's just stunningly beautiful. Girl, the food, the food, I think, was the thing that had. I mean, if it wasn't we for the food. We were in the South and the food was amazing. Oh, wow. Oh, like Chennai or Goa? Yeah, we were in Chennai. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gosh. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. But unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, flooding and the flooding, I think, in Kerala, you know, took some people's lives. It was really, really bad. So yeah. and I was there during monsoon and monsoon's no joke. So I was like, OK, I'm just going to stay. <laughs> well, first of all, rainy season or monsoon season in Asia anywhere is no joke. I've had a friend that had to be evacuated from Vietnam. Okay. You know, you have your issues with, you know, the Philippines and just it's it's crazy so that's the one thing that i will stress to our audience is you know be very mindful of the weather when you travel to other countries just to make sure you don't fall into anything that's uh, deadly you know absolutely absolutely you know i I think i got really lucky because i really didn't do too much research you know (laughs) so i was really blessed but yeah, you're 100% right. It's super important. And to answer your your question, my you asked me what my favorite country. Is that right? Oh, wow. Yes, ma'am. So it's hard to pick a favorite, right? It you is. Know? It's really That's hard. That's why I asked, what did you get from it? Because there's always a reason why that place was, whether it was just like an emotion you know, a situation or whatever, like tap into that. Cause I know how, when people ask me that question, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, they all have <laughs> different. Wow. That's a really good question. I don't think everyone has asked me that one before. The emotion I, I got from my, my favorite country um, is Kenya. I, I love Kenya. Like I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to live there one day, you know? <laughs> um, I just loved it. What I felt there. Oh gosh. Ah, oh, it's such a good question. I felt so many emotions. Um, but it was just kind of sheer joy and I was in awe by everything. So I did my safari in in Masai Mara in Kenya and it was gorgeous. I got to meet the Maasai tribe and that blew me away. 
And, you know, Kenya has everything there. Uh, you have Mombasa, the beach city. You have the bustling city of uh, city metropolis of Nairobi. Kenya even has islands called uh, Lamu, which is kind of like stepping back in time. It was it was incredible. There's like no cars. You know, you get around by donkey. <laughs> it was it was insane. It felt like just in one country, you had so many different experiences that you had everything. So Kenya, for sure is at the top of my list. Oh, man. I would love to go to Kenya. Actually, East Africa is where I wanted to start. But as a woman who, you know, is in the LGBT community, East Africa is one of the very strictest. Kenya does not approve of same-sex anything. And you can actually be put to in prison or um, to death. So it's kind of difficult when you go to other countries that really don't recognize. I mean, definitely I can go as a single Black you know, solo female traveler, but um, to live and to raise a family or something like that is a is a no go. Wow, I did not know that, but yeah, I believe you wholeheartedly. You know, the rules there are different. I think they're starting to change, but you know, it's one of those things that kind of takes time. You know, same as it did for the U.S. You know, it, that level of progress takes time. But I heard, I heard they're starting to change on that. You know. You know, yes, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe just yeah. for a visit. That's you know, about and I understand it. wanting to make sure you're safe and, and protecting yourself from differences in culture. It's challenging. It's challenging, especially if you go to like countries that are predominantly Muslim. You do face some true challenges, especially being a part of the LGBTQ community and just even being a woman. <laughs> you experience a lot of challenges just being a woman and, um, in a predominantly Muslim country, let alone a black woman. The challenges are everywhere. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like the goal and the hope that doesn't deter you from exploring. You know, you just keep your eyes open, be safe, use common sense and everything else and just have a good time and come with zero expectations. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. We thank you for your support. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Now back to the show. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that the thing about it is the research, right? Because even you mentioned that you went to India without much research. I think I, I'm trying to stress a little bit more to people is to do their research, right? Absolutely. Because you, you <laughs> definitely don't. And, you know, we definitely don't want to have the situation where you show up someplace and you just didn't know because you didn't take the time out. It's so important to understand that country's culture, A, B, you know, how to navigate or what, what to do and what not to do. I think that's one of the things that when I was in Asia, it upset me to see, you know, tourists, right, come into a country and totally just disregard and disrespect another country's culture that they're visiting. Almost like I'm here and I have money to spend, so you're going to deal with how I behave. And that's just yeah. not cool, you know, from how do you dress, how you talk, you know, and I was just like, what the heck? And it, it really upsets me, you know, when I see that. So yes. research is hella important. It is. It is. And let me tell you, I learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> so, oh gosh, um, it, it's super important to do your research. I was in Zimbabwe and I was taking a bus to uh, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, right? And so I'm on a super long bus 
And um, I get off, you know, I get to my destination. I'm so excited. It's my first day in Tanzania. So I just, you know, I, I put my bags down at this hostel. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, what, what's, what's to do here? And I just quickly look up top things to do. And one of the top things to do in, in Dar es Salaam is they have the, I think the largest world open market. So I was like, okay, that's, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I had kind of changed my clothes, but I was wearing what I thought to be very just normal clothes. I had like a green shirt on and just some pair of regular shorts, nothing scantless or whatever. So yeah. So I head out into the market. Oh my gosh. And I start getting followed. And there are these men and they kind of, they have like these rocks in their hands and they kind of claim these rocks um, to kind of get, you know, buyer's attention. And before I knew it, there was two guys following me. Then I, you know, I looked back, there was 10. Before I knew it, I was surrounded on all sides by a bunch of men who were making a lot of noise and yelling at me in Swahili. You know, at this point, I'm, I'm freaking out. You know, I'm, a, I'm a bit terrified. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. Um, I keep trying to ask one of the guys who are, who's kind of berating me, kind of harassing me, you know, Hey, what's going on? Or, you know, did I do something wrong? And finally there was this uh, beautiful woman. I'll never forget her name. Her name was Abby. Uh, she kind of breaks through the crowd and she says, you know, to me uh, in English, she's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, but you have to cover. And that's when it clicked for me. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in Muslim territory and I'm wearing shorts, <laughs> you know, and I'm disrespecting their culture. Luckily for me, she was very kind. She took me into her shop. Um, I had to buy like this terrible plastic dress. <laughs> and, you know, and the crowd uh, would not disperse until I put this dress on you know so I put the dress on and, and finally everyone laughed and yeah I was free to explore the market for the rest of the day but it's That's crazy I, I would it's you, know, you were fortunate yeah. it is it is really scary but at, at the end of the day it was so my fault because you know had I done just a little bit of research I would have known that that is a predominantly Muslim area especially the market you know it's a predominantly muslim country but especially the market that area you need to cover uh, not doing your research can get you into some hairy situations and when you are not familiar with uh the country if you're not familiar with the language you know you you can put yourself kind of at risk so to mitigate that risk you're absolutely right you got to do the research <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Thank gosh. I've never had those situations happen, but I can only imagine. And you were very fortunate that you had a woman step in to help you because the men obviously, you know, don't really step in, right? They, you know, they just expect you to know. So to have another woman be able to support you in that process and say, hey, come with me and and let's get you right, you know? So, wow. Thank goodness that she was able to get through through that. And I think too, that if you're traveling in like Africa as an Af- uh, a person of African descent, there is a higher expectation for you to understand and respect that culture because there were some Caucasian women in the market and they were wearing shorts and nobody harassed them. But I think it's because even though people, you can clearly see that, you know, from the faces, like people were turning their heads and, you know, whispering. No one liked the fact that, you know, these women were wearing shorts, but and no one berated them. And I think it's because of the expectation. We are expected to know, you know, you're expected to uh, respect the culture. At least that's my, in my opinion. So, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Especially as a new yeah, traveler, right you're like, now. oh, shit. 
<laughs> but, um, you know, in Asia too, in Asia, you know, you go to, you see a lot of people walking into temples and they have tank tops on, they're not covering their shoulders or, you know, their, um, their cleavage, their cleavage is exposed. And it's important to respect the culture. Do as the locals do, you know, if the locals aren't walking in with booty shorts on or whatever, <laughs> you know, if they're fully clothed, yeah, you that's, should be doing that's the usually same. my model and, and teaching abroad. Yeah. They always, always tell us just follow the locals, whatever they're doing. You do yeah, it too. Exactly. So I actually like to pivot just a little bit because you're back in the States. What has it been like transitioning, setting up roots a little bit uh, for the time being? What has that been like for you? <sighs> it's been, a, it's been a challenge. I will say um, it's been kind of a lot of ups and downs. Um, I'm happy to, you know, see my family and my friends again, those familiar faces kind of catch up and, you know, tell all these great stories and whatnot. But it's, it's still been really challenging. Um, I think the first week, so I landed back in Ohio before I relocated here to Atlanta. And within the first week of me coming back, there was a KKK rally uh, in Dayton, Ohio, which kind of just like, maybe think, oh my God, you know, what? <laughs> why did I come back here? What did I come back to? You know, very disheartening. After that, you know, there was like a, a ton of tornadoes that came and just kind of destroyed Ohio. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, remember the news of this like series, I think it was like 150 tornadoes, which just kind of blew everything away. And then not only that, but there were a week after that, then there was a, a mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio. So it was just a lot, you know? Wow. And I was thinking the whole time, like, oh my God, I've made the biggest mistake. Okay. And I was starting to feel a lot of regrets. But since then, I've relocated to Atlanta and I had to realize that my story telling new people that I meet and like, oh, hey, I've traveled, you know, it, it kind of gets people thinking about doing the same. So I think that there are definitely some some pluses in, in kind of sharing my experience with the people I meet around here. But there, there are a lot of challenges in being back and trying to acclimate getting back into the workforce. <laughs> and everything that comes with that yeah and yeah, there's there's been some challenges for sure <laughs> so let me ask you what was the decision to go back right because you know there's always a reason why typically the reason why is financial i mean that's just the transparency part of it right it's like being abroad and either working online or not really having a job you don't want to be on that struggle bus the whole time <laughs> you're abroad so you're like you know what maybe i should go back and just re-up on like is your plan to stay I guess that's two questions what brought you back to the states and what's the plan now that you're back sure sure so what brought me back actually it's a couple of things so yes one is the financials um uh, <laughs> My ultimate goal is, is to make sure I get my investments back up. Uh, what funded a good chunk of my trip was my my stock investments. And so I sold a lot of my stock, pretty much all of it, to fund my trip. And so I went to, I'm here, I'm back on the grind, you know, wanting to get more passive sources of income uh, that is going to to feed my my next journey. That and I had a family member who was pretty sick um, and has since passed away. And so I was really happy to uh, see him before he transitioned. 
but yeah, I, I'm here. I only, the goal is to stay here in the States for a maximum of a year and then I'm taking back off. <laughs> you know, I enjoy the one feeling I think I truly enjoyed while, while traveling is just this feeling of, of being really free. I don't really get that same feeling being here. You know, I, I've traveled quite a few States and it's just a bit different. You know, when I'm, I'm exploring different countries, I feel more like myself. And so I have yet to explore Mexico, where you're at. So I want to explore Mexico. And next up on the list is uh, Central and South America, because I've yet to land on that continent. So... <laughs> Super the crazy thing about it is that it's the closest place to the U.S. Oh, sure. that many people <laughs> don't even pay it. attention to. They totally overlook it. And, and they spend all this money to go like 15 hours out. And I'm just like, but you have this whole other world oh, yeah. five, six hours away right here. You know what I mean? It's such a beautiful country. Yes, definitely come explore Mexico and Central and South America. I feel like it's harder to navigate South America a little bit only because it's not like you can hop on a quick bus and be in the next country. They seem so spread out. You know how when you were in Asia, you can kind of like hop around Asia easily and very inexpensively, but not in South America. It's not as simple. I looked at flights from Colombia to Brazil and it was like 500 US dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, what is next door? I'm like, but I don't understand. You know, um, the countries, well, I guess Brazil is pretty massive, right? I mean, that's the only reason why, that's the only thing I could think of would be the reason why it's so expensive, right? It's because it's so big. It looks really big on the map. So I imagine. I don't know. I think it has to do with like, I think in Asia, you have a lot of the budget airplanes and all that stuff. I don't know what it's like in South America, but I think the infrastructure Right. It's not built to have as many planes. I don't know. That's my that's my ignorant theory. No, that's something we maybe need to investigate because why are some things? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're living too close to the states. I think that's what it is. Capitalism is easing in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, listen, we have this new segment of the show called The Hot Seat, okay? Okay. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions, just like simple, and then like rapid fire, and you just answer with what it is, okay? So, Okay, all right, I'm ready. (laughs) Ernie, late or always on time? Oh, uh, I'm late. I'm late. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, nah. I'm late. That is what it is. <laughs> I'm on speed time. I'm late. <laughs> Coffee, tea, or smoothies? Smoothies. Smoothies. Hostel, hotel, or Airbnb? Um, hostel, for sure. Mm. Hostel. You get to meet other travelers. I love it. Yeah, me too. Group or solo travel? Ooh, solo. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny, but it's, it's like, it's great to have solo travel with a bunch of solo travelers. <laughs> right. Dude, I love that. I'm right. like, okay, I'll see you. Maybe not. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. <laughs> it's meeting you. Knowing, knowing that a bunch of solo travelers are in the same place. It's like, Hey girl, what's up? And you get together, then you can disperse and go about your business. Exactly. All right. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. <laughs> I never wake up in time to eat breakfast. So, <laughs> all right. Cause you're late. Cause I am you know? up. Cause it's just like early. <laughs> to put anything in my stomach but for dinner i go ham so <laughs> i can dig it i can dig it all right did we do the last one i don't know are we doing that one 
<laughs> okay, we have this one that's specifically... Sometimes we say it, sometimes we don't. Well, the reason why I think we should do it is because Natasha had has had that experience for both, right? So, when it comes to toilets, are you about the squat or the western? <laughs> Um, oh gosh, you know what? I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Western toilet type of person. You know, I kind of like to relax, you know, <laughs> I'm on the toilet, I'm checking Facebook, Instagram, you know, reading messages on a squatter. Like you, 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 you have much work. To, yeah. It's on a squatter. You got to focus, you know, yeah, you got to concentrate. <laughs> yogi squat. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? They say that it's the mo- it's like the safest and the most healthiest for you. That's why they have them all throughout. It's like um, it's almost like when you think about it, right? Because we're all travelers in our own rights, right? Yeah. America's the only country that want to do shit differently. That's why we got all these yeah. GI problems. <laughs> So I think mm-hmm. about it and I'm just like, we've been doing I'm it wrong all it. our lives. I want to ask you one last question before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. So what advice, what is something that you'd like to tell people? Cause you did this kind of like, you didn't even have a passport. Okay. What, what would you tell people who are just thinking about it? So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Just do it. Just take the risk. There's a million different ways to kind of talk yourself out of something. Talk to anybody and they're like, oh my gosh, it's dangerous or it's scary or, oh, is it, you know, it's expensive or ignore all that and just go for it. Just do it. You know, if it's in your heart, if it's something that you've been wanting to do, just do it. You know, like, like we said earlier, risks aren't so risky when you start taking them. And I fully believe that. Boom. Exactly. And to caveat on that too, let's just talk about time. Time I don't know how many of us and other people, right? I plan on it just one more year, right? Because I think that pushing even it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. And let's be honest, you know, I stayed abroad, even yourself and Francis, who's back in the States, you're in that mindset again in a way, right? One yeah. more year, just, just a year. So it's easy to fall back. Yeah, it really is. It is. So there's never, it's really never a right time. You just got to do it. Right. There's there's no failure because you did it. Right. And then there's nothing wrong with going back and hitting reset to do it again if you choose. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Do it as many times as you want. Exactly. 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 Hey. Put it on there. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming there. I'll be here. I'll be here. 
Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.